looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. And thank you for this unbelievable support. I really, really mean it. I appreciate all of you and how faithfully you have supported this show over the past, ready, eight years. Isn't that amazing? Time goes so quickly. Well, here I am today in Delaware at one of the CSC sites. And as if you don't know, CSC has 90,000 employees. Uh, they have locations around the world. Their chairman, president, and chief executive officer, Mike Lappin, is wonderful to the disability community, very committed. And I'm very excited to tell you that CSC has once again been named one of the world's most admired companies by Fortune magazine, ranking in the top five among the world's leading IT service providers for the second year in a row. And today, if you go out to the newsstand and you buy Fortune magazine, you can read about it. But since this company has stood behind Bender Consulting Services for over 12 years doing what? Hiring people with disabilities. We're glad people realized how admired you are by so many people, including us. So congratulations from all of us on this wonderful recognition. So here I am today getting ready for my show with someone I consider a very honored guest, internationally known, author, advocate, really patriot as far as I'm concerned. He is someone I read about many years ago when I read his first, the first book of, that I had of his, Disposable People, and I just thought, wow, this man is a saint, and he is saving lives. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you on our show today the co-founder of Free the Slaves, Mr. Kevin Bales. Welcome to the show. Joy, thank you so very much. But listen, I got to let everybody know right away, I'm no saint. Absolutely <laughs> no saint, okay? okay? I think there's a little well, bit of the devil in all of us and, okay, and me well, too. Okay, well, you're a saint to us, even though you don't think you are a saint. But hey, Kevin, thank you for being on again. And just so you know, he's been featured in magazines, New York Times, CNN. I mean, this is really, really important work he's doing, and 
everyone should follow him, buy his books, support what he's doing. So they understand that, Kevin, in my opinion, you have become this great abolitionist. Why don't you tell our listeners how you became involved and what you do? Well, thank you. Um, you know, I got involved in this issue. I was a university teacher uh, 20 years ago, but I, I, I bumped into the issue of modern slavery. Uh, I actually just picked up a leaflet at a public event and uh, began to think, how can this be possible? I've never heard of this uh, slavery. Didn't it stop in the 19th century? Uh, this just can't be right. But my curiosity really got the better of me, and I began to do research and dig down into it. And then, and then my world really changed because in the process of doing research and, and going out in the world to meet people in slavery to see what their lives were like, I saw things that touched me and moved me and changed me and also traumatized me in many ways and left me a little astounded and breathless, but also knowing that it wasn't it wasn't really for me to go back to the classroom and go back to teaching, but to, to do something about this and to help help spread the word about this. That's, that's how I came into it. And then what we, what we do in our work is uh, all the sorts of things that most charities do in terms of public awareness raising and so forth, but the primary part of what we do, the absolute major part of what we do, is work on the ground where slavery exists to get people out of slavery and then to help them to rebuild their lives uh, into sustainable lives of dignity where they've got education and health care and, and, uh, and a way to support themselves and a sense of dignity again, a kind of rebuilding of their sense of dignity. It, it's, a, it's a longish process. It's a, it takes a little while. Uh, it's not just about getting people out of slavery. You've, you've got to stick with them for two or three years after that to make sure their lives are, are fully rebuilt. But uh, I have to say, there's, it, it, it would be hard to find other work that, that, that could match it for fulfillment. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking, and I, I need to write about this in uh, a book I'm working on. Here you go to an event. Just because you took time to pick up that pamphlet, you're changing the world. Isn't that amazing when you think about it, that the person that passed out those pamphlets and took time to do that on a volunteer basis, had no idea what this would lead to. Yeah, and, you know, it was, there, it was a retired man who was sitting at a table with a few leaflets on top of the table and just gave me a smile and, you know, and, and, and handed one to me. Um, and might not have thought he was doing a lot, but he certainly caught a, caught a fish on the hook that day. Well, that's what I mean. Look, look what he yeah. ended up doing. I mean, that is just... Such an unbelievable story. But I know that you have been involved in so many things, but let's talk about Free the Slaves. Can you explain to everyone what Free the Slaves is? Well, we're a, a human rights organization, and in fact, um, we're the sister organization of a group in, in Great Britain called Anti-Slavery International. And the reason why I'm, I mention that is because Anti-Slavery International as it's known now, is in fact the first human rights group in human history. Uh, we started in 1787. Uh, it was the original group that was trying to end the slave trade, not slavery itself at first, but just the slave trade in the British Empire. 
And that group's been existing uh, continuously, and we're an extension of that group, about 10 years old in the United States. I, I actually lived in England for about 20 years and then moved back to the United States to, to set up Free the Slaves. And we work with local organizations on the ground around the world uh, to help people out of slavery as best we can and to change the systems and to change the communities where slavery exists to make it so that it can't come back after we've worked in that community, you know, to, to change the systems of oppression and inequality and discrimination that can, that can support slavery, uh, to create a slave-free place for people to live. You know, when did you say they started that in England? When was that? 1787. I mean, is this connected to William Wilberforce in any way? It, well, yeah, Wilberforce uh, came to work with uh, the, 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 this organization a, a number of years after it began. Mm-hmm. So he was certainly part of it. He, in a sense, he was a, he was a very important political uh, uh, kind of collaborator and, and was very much part of that legal campaign. But in some ways, you know, you were talking about that that little ripple that when you throw the pebble into the into the pond and these these unexpected effects, you know, it was actually mostly Quaker families and Quaker meetings that got the campaign off the ground and took it to people like Wilberforce to get them to understand that oh, there is something that can be done in this situation. Wow, isn't that something? That is all of it. I all it's called connect the dots. And yep. when you connect the dots, it's always so amazing. You know, two people, how little things can end up really changing the world, let alone someone's life. Um, and I'll tell you a question that is asked to me frequently is, you know, first of all, people can't believe this exists. But then they'll say to me, what do you mean by slavery? Do you mean like how it used to be? I mean, is that what you're referring to? And I try to explain to them uh, well, you know, let me explain what this means. It's different possibly than what you're thinking. But I thought maybe, Kevin, you could take a moment sure. to explain Happy to our to. listeners what constitutes slavery. Well, I, I mean, the first thing to say is it is like it used to be. It's not legal anymore, and you are unlikely to see people publicly on sale because it's not legal anymore. But once you get past those those facts that that – you know, it has to be more hidden because it's illegal in every country. Then you begin to look at slavery and realize, wow, this really is a lot, or if not exactly, like it was in, in, in the ugly past, the way we imagine slavery. Because slavery is about when one person completely controls another person. They use violence and the threat of violence to maintain that control, and they use that person to make, usually to make a profit. I mean, they may use them in many different ways. You know, often they, they may use them for sex, or they may use them as a, for a conspicuous consumption and so forth. But primarily, slaves are used to make money for people. It's really an economic crime, as well as a human, vicious human rights crime. But it looks pretty much the same as it did in the past. I, I've, I've spent the morning actually working on slavery in uh, eastern Congo and uh, going over notes that I took there where I saw people who were enslaved in, in mining operations, uh, digging minerals that will be used in the electronics that we buy. And, you know, if, I, if you took the same photograph in black and white or sketched it in a 19th century style, you would be able to find exactly the same images of, of people in rags 
working with the crudest of hand tools under the eye of someone holding a weapon. It's, uh, it's real slavery. Oh, that is so amazing and so, you know, just hard to envision, but I know that it's true, and I want to talk about this in a little more detail. But first, we have to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, get ready. You're going to be riveted. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be horrified, but hopefully at the end, you will be inspired by Kevin Bales, author co-founder of Free the Slaves, internationally known leader in freeing slavery and anti-slavery. He is really the best of the best. We'll be right back. You are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't you dare go away. We'll be right back with Kevin. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college. One that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. Comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we are talking to author and spokesperson Kevin Bales, co-founder of Free the Slaves, about this terrible thing that still goes on in this world called slavery. We do have a question from someone online, Twitter, which is, Kevin, can you define what types of slavery are you referring to? 
sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, first, I'll, I'll just I'll repeat that slavery today is pretty much the same as slavery in the past, and and that I'm not talking about people who have low-paid jobs or people who feel stuck in an ugly marriage or something like that, or people who are slaves to chocolate or shopping. I, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about people who cannot walk away from the situation they're in because they're controlled by violence, and they can't walk away even into a worse situation. So it's not just exploited labor. It's it's the real it's the real slavery. So if you say, well, well what kinds am I talking about? Uh, let's just say right here in the United States, the um, the largest number of people enslaved in the United States are 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 caught up, are mainly women caught up and who have been tr- victims of human trafficking into forced prostitution, into forced sexual exploitation. But that's not even <clears throat> half. That's a little under half. And then there are a, a significant number of people, men and women, who are caught and enslaved in people's homes as servants. The, uh, the third largest is uh, mostly men enslaved as agricultural workers in places like Immokalee County, Florida, and so forth. And, and then after that, you can find slavery in all sorts of interesting and strange places, <laughs> like in hair braiding salons, or uh, there was even a boys' choir from Zambia that was enslaved in the United States. But, you know, the, it's not so much what they're doing, because criminals are clever, and they'll, if they can find a way to, to use a slave to make a buck, uh, they're, they're going to do it. And that could be in almost anything that you can think of that a criminal could think of. But I, I, I will say there's this theme. The work done by slaves is normally dirty and dangerous and demeaning. And and they're usually at risk from the from the work itself, as well as being at risk from the slaveholder. Yeah, um, one of my questions, you know, just like the example you just gave about that choir, how does it happen in the United States, and the the person cannot get free? The, well, there's there's sort of two or three parts to the answer, but it's all about that total control by another person. So one of the things that, or or, or one of the ways that people who enslave others in the United States keep people enslaved is is they they do a number of things to the person they enslave. One is that sleep deprivation is almost always part of slavery in the U.S., as well as food deprivation. So you've got somebody, but you don't let them sleep, and you don't give them anything to eat. And you can imagine, we've all been to that place where we, we, where we didn't get enough sleep, and we got kind of thick-headed, and it was difficult for us to think clearly and know exactly what was going on, and maybe we were dizzy because we were so hungry. Now, at that point, introduce some violence, you know, really beat somebody up in that situation, and convince them that anything that they do is going to take them into more violence. And you begin to see how the fear and the kind of chain around the brain, as opposed to the ankle, begins to hold people back. But the key is they keep them under that control as much as possible. Now, it's the other side of the equation, the other side of the coin, is that Americans aren't expecting to see slaves. So there was that amazing and, and, and very important case of enslavement of Mexicans in New York City, which is known as the deaf Mexican case, because all of these young Mexican men and women were in fact deaf and were put onto the streets of New York City 
to collect money and to, in a sense, to beg. Now, they were isolated and people, they were around people all the time, but they couldn't, they couldn't understand the people around them. People couldn't understand them. In a sense, they were, they were walled off by their disability as well as their own fear of their slaveholder. And people, hundreds, thousands of people walked by them every day and never quite got it that that person who was collecting money was, in fact, an enslaved person. Wow. And, and, you know, for those of you listening to the show, which many of you I know have disabilities or family members with disabilities or work with people with disabilities, I've talked to Kevin about this before. Now, that's just one example. But I assure you that a person with various types of disabilities would be at prey to people doing this. And, you know, when I think about that, it's just so horrifying, but it is a reality. And see that example he gave right there? No one really knew what was going on. Um, now, that thing about sleep deprivation, they do that to what, break the person? Is that the purpose? Exactly, yeah. You know, if, if you keep somebody awake long enough, you, you, they get pretty kind of doolally. You know, they get kind of flaky in their brain, and it's very difficult for them to put two and two together. And, that, and it, helps, it helps to break them and to control them. And you, and you know, Joyce, there, there's an interesting parallel as well between someone who's been caught up in slavery for some time and the impact that has on them and especially on their mind and, I think, how people with disabilities are often separated and stigmatized. Mm -hmm. Because in so, in so many parts of the world, <clears throat> a person who's been in slavery will be stigmatized by, in their community. And very often, people who have been in slavery will stigmatize themselves. In a sense, they feel in themselves some kind of self-loathing for what's happened to them, in the same way that sometimes victims of sexual attacks uh, feel ashamed of, of what's happened, even though it's not their fault. It's the same with people who have come out of slavery. They often feel ashamed. And we often, I'm ashamed to say myself, I think all of us, in, and certainly Americans, we, we kind of want our people who have been in slavery to be a little bit like the way we want our disabled people to be. We want them to be pleasant and grateful and not to rock the boat. You know, they, we, want, we want people to, to, in a sense, be the way we choose them to be, but not necessarily let them be themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think of people, for example, with different forms of autism or psychiatric disabilities, um, really various things. You know people could abuse this and oh, use certainly. these people in slavery that's and, that's and really exactly overwhelm right. them. Um, but no matter who they do it to, it's just so terrible. It's unbelievable. And you know there's also a huge sex trade in slavery. Isn't that correct? It's a significant part of the slavery around the world. Yeah. And, and how does that happen to people? Is it mainly people in other countries and they're very poor, so they're willing to sell off their children, or, or how does this happen? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't be pointing any fingers at the parents at the beginning. Uh, it is true that sometimes it seems like parents are, are letting their children go in exchange for money, but it's usually not that. It's usually about a golden-tongued recruiter who's saying to a parent, 
you know, I, I know you've got a lot of kids here. You can barely feed them. There's no school in your village. Um, but you know me. I, I, I'm from the same area, or you can tell that I'm, you know, I've got a lot more money than you do. And, and I actually need a child to come and work in my shop or in my, uh, in my home in the big city. And I can make sure this kid gets plenty to eat and a chance at an education. And, and in fact, I can even give you an advance on your child's wages. And that's when a little bit of money changes hands. And it looks like, oh, did that mom just sell that kid? But in fact, that mom is doing, is making a choice that no parent should have to make, which is, do I keep my child here where their life may be awful and maybe even hungry? Or do I give them a chance to, to be more, but I can't actually take care of them if I let them go? I mean, that's talk about a devil's choice. But they, some people, and you can understand why, will take that chance because they have hopes for their children. And then the trickery comes into it and the violence begins. And it, it's not just for children. I mean, most of the people who are enslaved in the United States today, young or adult, came here because they're trying to make a better life. And, and somebody fed them a pack of lies. And now they get here and the hammer drops and they find out they're enslaved and sexually abused and physically abused and so forth. But they got here for doing what you or I would do in the same situation. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean now. In this case, the parents are duped, and in, in many cases, they probably think they're helping the child. They, they, are, they, they just hope beyond hope that they're going to do something better for their children. You know, life can be desperate out there when the poverty is extreme and there are no resources and no schools and you can't count on the government for anything in a lot of countries. And, and you, you know, you just have to make the best choices you can make, but they have very bad information. And it's not surprising they make some bad decisions. Can you imagine the shock of a young person when they then find out they've been sold into slavery, whether it's sex slavery or working slavery? How shocked you would be? Well, and you know, for children, it's, it's almost a, a special kind of shock because children are trusting and they, they want to believe the adults and they want to believe that the adults care about them. And, and in the same way that, you know, sometimes children who are abused in their own families will continue to be respectful and loving toward parents that are abusive and to protect them, they'll, they'll often end up in that kind of dependent psychological relationship with people who, are, who have enslaved them. Oh, I know. I know when I read your book, I, I was just overwhelmed. And I'm talking about... Kevin's Pulitzer Prize-nominated book, Disposable People, New Slavery in the Global Economy, and this book is unbelievable, phenomenal. I mean, I, it just really had, as you can see, an unbelievable impact on me. But I know you also have uh, Ending Slavery, How We Free Today's Slaves, and The Slave Next Door, and I wondered if you could talk about those books for a minute. Sure. Uh, you know... When I did the research and wrote Disposable People, I was just trying to get a good understanding of, of what modern slavery was about around the world, how it fit into the global economy, you know, how many people were in slavery, what were their lives like, and so forth. So it took about seven or eight years to do all that research and write that book and travel all around the world. But at the end of that 
And at the end of all of that, what I had was a really good picture of the reality of the problem. But I really didn't have any ideas about how to solve the problem. I, I felt like I had, I, had, I had mapped the problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. So I spent the next seven years working very hard and working with my colleagues in Free the Slaves to say, okay, if this is if this is the problem, what are we learning now about how we can bring this problem to an end? And that's what the book Ending Slavery is about. Uh, it's a book that talks a lot about different types of slavery around the world, but it's mostly about what you can do if you're a business, if you're an individual, if you're a government, if you're the United Nations, you know, at all levels, what people could do and, and how, in, in truth, easy it could be for us to bring slavery to an end on the planet Earth. You really believe that? Well, I do, because, uh, you know, you, you've said there are 27 million people in the world in slavery, and, and everybody can see that's a pretty big number. But at the same time, that's the tiniest fraction of the global population to ever be in slavery. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny fraction of the 7 billion people who live on, on Earth. And the amount of money made by slavery, something like 40 or $50 billion a year, that's more than I've got, but it, you know, it's certainly the tiniest, again, the tiniest proportion, the tiniest part of the global economy ever represented by slavery. So in many ways, slavery has been pushed to the very farthest edges, the dark, under-the-rock edges of our, of our human society. And it's illegal in every country, and everybody is agreed that it's morally repugnant and needs to be brought to an end. And we have really good understanding of the mechanisms of bringing people to freedom and know how to get people out of slavery. And all we're really lacking now is awareness, enough people understanding that we can fix the problem, and then the resources needed to do that. But the resources needed aren't even that great. Our best estimate is that something like $11 billion spent over a 25-year period could uh, – make a huge impact on this problem, if not completely wipe it out. And, you know, I used to think that was a lot of money until they started bailing out banks a couple of years ago with much larger sums than that. That's when I, too, I, too, want to see this happen. I really do. I want to see everyone get behind this and make a difference. And I'll tell you what, Kevin, I will constantly... Spread the news about you. Oh, and heart. anyone listening to the show, hey, you've got to tell everyone you know, TV stations, newspapers, conferences, the more people that know, the greater chance we have of making a difference. We're going to get ready to go to break now. If you just joined us, I am talking to Mr. Kevin Bales, co-founder of Free the Slaves, author, speaker, civil rights leader. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Kevin Bales. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back. We have as our guest today Kevin Bales, author, co-founder of Free the Slaves, internationally known leader in this area. Uh, Kevin, we were talking about the books you have written. Now, if someone wants to purchase one of your books, uh, where all do they go to find them? Well, you can get them in most um, bookstores, but certainly in, off from Amazon, uh, Amazon.com or other online booksellers, or on the Free the Slaves uh, website, which is freetheslaves, all one word, dot net, freetheslaves.net. Uh, we have a there's a store there, and you can order books from there as well. Wow. Well, yeah, and I know they had been talked about a lot on that website. Uh, so I would encourage everyone. Not only would I encourage you to get the books, I'd encourage you to encourage universities and colleges to use these books because it really is a today happening thing that we all need to get behind and that is so important and actually that is my next question if you have 27 million slaves including slaves in the united states worldwide 27 million what is going on in the united states to stop this and if a person's listening to the show today and they're wondering gee how can i help what is the answer to those questions well in terms of what's going on in the United States, the, you know, the good news is that we have a really good federal law. We've got some really strong people in both the State Department and the Justice Department and, and at state and local levels, a lot of good people who are clued into this issue and working on it. And, and, and so, in a sense, the, the, the foundation is there in the United States. That's the good news. The bad news is uh, really has two parts. One is that most police, most law enforcement people in the United States haven't been trained, and they don't know much about what to do with this crime. So they, you know, they don't know 
how to make a case very well. They don't know how to build the chain of evidence. They're not sure. They're, they feel uncertain about it when they, when they might confront it. And that training really needs to happen. And that then takes you to a question of resources again. Uh, it's kind of a crazy fact that in the United States, according to the State Department in the past, they said about 17,000 people were, were brought into the country to be enslaved each year. So 17,000 new slaves per year. Now, the reason I'm saying that number over and over is because you may not know, but we have about 17,000 murders in the United States each year. Wow. But, so 17,000 murders and 17,000 new slaves every year. So new cr- slave crimes. But here's the difference. Here's the key difference. In the United States, we've got about 45,000 homicide specialists. You know, it's like what you see on TV every night. All of those cops work in murder cases. But every police department, every sheriff's office has homicide specialists. But if you look for a slavery or human trafficking specialist, you might find a hundred in the whole country. Not thousands, but maybe a hundred. Now, that's probably why something like 70% of all murders are solved and maybe 1% or 2% of slavery cases are solved. Because you don't have the personnel working on it. There's virtually no resources going to it just to combat the crime that's in front of it, in front of us. And, of course, the heartbreak here is that we've got, we've got honest cops, low levels of corruption, if any corruption, and, and a watchful, educated population who don't want to have slavery. We could turn this into a slave-free country if we chose to and decided to just put a little effort and money to it. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. Well, how, what can we do to help? What can someone do to help? I mean, you've, you've been saying it. The first step is always the one you've just been talking about, Joyce. It's about learning about what's going on because you, you can't really solve a problem or even know how you fit in the solution until you've, you've done some learning and, and done some reading or, or, or looking at websites and so forth. So step one is just dig a little deeper so you can find out what, what's really important to you in, in, this, in this larger issue. And then the second thing is it's kind of mundane. It's not. It's a little bit boring, but the anti-slavery movement worldwide and in the United States simply needs resources. You know, I was saying before there are two things that we're lacking: awareness and resources. And the resources we need is, you know, we'd be happy if somebody sent in a check for a million dollars to any of the anti-slavery groups in the United States. But in some ways, more important is if is if just everyone's a little bit that every month so we'd have stability to stick with this problem until we can solve this problem okay uh, let's say someone is listening to the show and they do want to make a contribution how do they do that well if they want to contribute to free the slaves and and I I'm going to be fair and say there's other anti-slavery and anti-human trafficking groups in the United States that are good. But if they wanted to contribute to Free the Slaves, they can go to freetheslaves.net, and there's a page where they can make a contribution right there, just as anyone would on a on, you know on a website. Okay, would you repeat that again? The website is free the slaves, all one word. Dot net. Okay, freetheslaves.net. And I would encourage you all to take a look at that. Remember, any contribution is helpful. 
No matter how big, we like big, but no matter how small, it all helps. It all helps. And you know what? Then you're still part of it. You may not be the people out there on the ground. And let me tell you something about Kevin. Every time I'm on break, he's wanting to tell me, you know, hey, come on, uh, you know, it's not all me. Uh, but again, as I told him, a great leader serves, and he is a very humble person. But he wanted to make it clear that there are those people right out there in the field risking their lives in different countries to do this. And, of course, we're behind all of you. But, you know, you don't have to be out there uh, in Thailand or wherever it is. You can help just by making a contribution. Every little thing helps to change what's going on in this world. So with that, we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us and if you missed the first part, remember, you can go to voiceamerica.com or benderconsult.com and listen to all of the old shows over the past eight years. And another person you'll see on there is Mr. Kevin Bales, because we've had him on before. But make sure you tell everyone about that. We're going to break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Kevin Bales. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Marsh Engel Show. Join the movement to empower yourself with the essentials of feminine power and success and learn how women around the world are becoming more inspired, more influential, and absolutely amazing. Each week, Marsh sits down for an engaging conversation with women who are boldly committed to living their most amazing life. You'll discover ways to step into your greatest vision, deepen your relationships, and unleash your real creative brilliance. Get ready. It's time to jump into the conversation. That's Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern for The Marsh Engel Show on the Voice America Business Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We have as our guest today Mr. Kevin Bales. But you know what, before we go any further, and I'm sorry I didn't get to talk about this at the beginning, but I just want you to know Everyone in the United States that has family in Japan, and really to all of our Japanese brothers and sisters, how my heart goes out to you with this terrible, terrible tragedy that you are going through that is to me just really overwhelming. And, you know, I just want you to know we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, we're sending resources. We're doing everything we can. I know my dear friend Yoshiko Dart is working on this behind the scenes. So I just want you to know that we're thinking about it. I know you know, Kevin, this has been so terrible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just unbelievable. And when we went to break, by the way, we had been talking the other, a little bit earlier about Kevin's books. Kevin, don't you have a new book coming up? Well, it, it's not coming out just yet, but the book I'm working on now, yes, it's it's a book about the relationship between slavery and environmental destruction. And I, and I know that may sound a little surprising to most people, but the fact of the matter is that a lot of the environmental destruction that goes on around the world is done with slave labor. So, you know, when you hear about people, you know, destroying the Amazon rainforest, that's usually with slave labor, not with bulldozers, but with slaves being forced to chop those trees down. And the same applies to the destruction of the forests in Asia and, and, and the gorilla habitats uh, in, the, in the tropical rainforests in Central Africa and so forth. Though that destruction is almost always uh, accomplished or done with, with slaves. And then the thing that, in a sense, reaches out and touches us is that most of that environmental destruction using slave labor is being done in order to generate some kind of commodity. Uh, it could be gold or timber or fish or shrimp or uh, minerals needed to make electronics like cell phones that we're going to end up using. So it's uh-huh. slavery that destroys the environment that then feeds into our consumer culture. Which means that you could be using something or drinking something or eating something that's a result of slavery. Oh, absolutely. And not just a result of slavery, but also a factor in the destruction of the global environment in ways that are increasing global warming and and destroying important species. Well, yeah, I bet a lot of people have never thought about that. And Kevin, when do you anticipate this book coming out? I don't think it'll be out until early next year. Okay, well, we'll expect to talk to you again um, so we can follow this and purchase that book when it does come out. Uh, and, and, Kevin, before I forget, when I was looking at your website, I read about the Freedom Awards and that Tina Front uh, that you had on the front page there. What, what is that? What are the Freedom Awards? Well, we give awards to, to make it very clear. You know, in a sense, we try to find the Frederick Douglasses and the Harriet Tubmans of today, people who have been in slavery themselves 
who have come out of slavery and now who work to get other people out of slavery. And, and amazingly, you know, Frederick Douglass is still in the house. There's a lot of people around the world who fit that description pretty well. Uh, the awards also go to people who haven't been in slavery. In slavery, There's a couple of awards that go to people who haven't been in slavery. But the main awards are, are for people who, are, who are, are being real liberators after having been in slavery themselves. Tina Front was the first person uh, uh, to receive an award who was an American, a Native American, a, uh, you know, a, a woman who grew up in the United States, uh, was lured, uh, tricked, uh, as a as a young teenager into the sex trade, um, lured into it and then brutalized and forced into uh, sexual exploitation, and in time was able to escape that and 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 to recover from that, and now uh, helps a lot of other people, especially young girls, te- young teenage girls, out of that kind of enslavement in the sex trade, and and has her own shelter called Courtney's House. Uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. Wow. There's an example of someone that went through traumatic trauma experience that is giving back. That is amazing. You you might want to get Tina on on your radio show sometime, because I tell you what, uh, she's not shy, and she's also pretty funny, and uh, and I think she'd be a great guest. Well, uh, I will. I'd love to have her on. So, you know, one thing I wondered about, I guess I think about this a lot now because of, you know, what happened in Egypt and uh, really around the world. A lot of things, as you well know, happened as a result of social network, social networking, such as Twitter uh, and Facebook. And I was just wondering, how, how can we use those to help uh, in this anti-slavery movement? Well, the... In exactly the way we'd use it, you know, to service in, in, in the other ways that we do. If, if the anti-slavery movement needs resources and awareness, well, those, those technologies are all about awareness. And, uh, that's why Free the Slaves has a Facebook page and I have a Facebook page and, and, uh, we tweet and Twitter and we run our blogs and, 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 and on and on. And if we, every time, you know, if somebody's out there ready to tweet and they tweet, wow, I'm just learning about modern slavery on Joyce's show, this, check this out, uh, that's that many more people who know. And we get closer to ending slavery for good. Right. Right. The awareness, as you said, it is all about awareness. And again, I would encourage everyone, if you don't pull your head out of the sand, if you don't take time to learn and become educated, then, you know, your eyes will be closed when something could be right in front of you. That's why I think this is so, so important, uh, what we're talking about today and what Kevin is doing. So, Kevin, it looks as if you're, like, nonstop accomplishing things because I do follow you and your work uh, and your speeches and your books and everything that you've been doing but if you had to reflect back on this past year, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Oh gosh, Joyce, that's that's you know I got to tell you the the very first thing that comes to my mind doesn't have anything to do with slavery. It's just I, I've got a 14 year old son, and 
and I've been just trying to stick close to him as he goes through that crazy adolescence, and he's still pretty rock-solid and balanced, and I'm feeling really good about that. Oh, I think that's great. (laughs) I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever because, you know, we all need role models, and we all need someone to stand behind us and to help us. So, you know... I can see why you would feel that way. Now, how about how about in your slavery work? What would you say but in the, there? The, in, the, in the slavery work, um, you know, again, it, it won't. I don't think it'll sound so exciting because what you what you don't really know about me is how what a nerd I am, and how much I like, for example, doing statistics and and that kind of work. And uh, and this year, you know, we've built a, a big new data set. We're starting new kinds of kind of scientific analysis into the into the real formations of slavery and and I just get really excited and and excited about uh, uh, that kind of of inquiry that's not as much the hands-on part but it will help us to build the hands-on part because our understanding will be so much better in the future. Well, once again, another way to have awareness, right? Yep. Okay, so Kevin, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, the, it's, a, it's an easy message. It's this. Um, you wouldn't think it, maybe, but slavery can come to an end. And it's going to be easier to end than we, than we probably even imagine on the assumption that we all start to work together to bring it to an end. But once everybody puts their just the tiniest amount of attention and resource in that direction, we're going to see very dramatic changes. And maybe even an amazing gift that we could give to our children and our grandchildren, which would be, for the first time in history, a world without slavery. And what a wonderful gift that would be. So, hey, Kevin, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being with us today on the show and and for this unbelievable work that you do, which to me is so critically important. And and also, I wanted to ask you, people that want to follow you or ask you to speak somewhere, uh, is the best way to reach you through your Facebook page or Free the Slaves? What is the best way? It would be the website at freetheslaves.net. And there's a there's a contact email there. I think it's info at freetheslaves.net uh, and phone numbers and so forth. It's easy to, to, to come through. There's a, there's a whole communications team ready to communicate. Okay, that's good. Well, once again, thank you for being with us today. And you know we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. So today it has to be William Wilberforce, who said, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know and how true that is. Thank you so much, Kevin. Always look forward to having you on again. Thanks a lot. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Talk to you again next week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters every single day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. See you next Tuesday.
Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 